What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Take Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. As always, as always, joined by my co-host, Ben. How are we doing? Uh, doing good, doing good. You know, just hanging in there, getting ready to watch my team hopefully win a Super Bowl. But I mean, this must be like a yearly tradition for you, like Thanksgiving, Christmas. No. I mean, as I told you, for the past five years is my favorite number. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, for the past five years. Um, I've been fortunate enough to watch the team play in the last Sunday of the NFL season. So, yeah, uh, I agree. I wish I could give credit to the exact username, but uh, I'm with the. I saw a post on Reddit where the guy said, uh, "Patriots, I've been winning so much and are so annoying that I start to root for the British in Revolutionary War movies." I'm yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far, you know. Oh, I'm with him. Yeah, okay. Watching the Patriot, uh, Mel Gibson can get murdered. I'm happy when his kids die. Ouch. It's not very nice. Yeah, go Brits. I mean, you know, I keep thinking that this year might be the last, and it just it just never is. It, it really isn't. You know, because I've been, I've been one of them that I've been – Ever since the Giants Super Bowl, the first one, I don't think take anything for granted with this team. But at the same time, they just constantly reward me with, with uh, just just win after win after win. And so, you know, we can get to the game in a second. But it is it is truly special what we're watching, and I I truly think this is going to be the sort of thing where once it's done, everybody goes, "Oh shit, yeah, I just watched something fantastic. Maybe I shouldn't have." You know, been online calling Bill Belichick a cheater for, you know, twenty years straight and stuff like that. Um, are, are you are you ins- are you insinuating that this is something I may do, or that uh, any other Americans may participate in? Yeah, a lot do. I think I don't think you participate online nearly as much as you do in real life, which at least I can respect. Um, yeah, I'm straight boy. I call him a cheater to his face. But it's like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how good this team is. And so, you know, we can move to the game uh, unless you have any other, like, uh, storylines before we get to the game. Um, but the line is Pats by two and a half, which seems right. It's, it's right. Um, I, I, really, I really thought the Pats would be a, a field goal. To be honest with you, I feel like it should be that field goal. That half point is a little weird to me. Uh, that, that's just me. Yeah, I guess it's them hedging their bets because oh, it's it's a weird matchup. You can look at it many different angles, and you know it because we because we've seen these teams right so many times because uh, it's the Super Bowl. We kind of know what the strengths and weaknesses are, right? I mean, like, can either team really cover a running back coming out of the backfield? I mean, no, but at the same time, we don't really know. Like, the the Patriots clearly have that in their game plan. They clearly have, like, a healthy weapon out of the backfield, whereas the Rams is kind of like, can we count on them for that? I think think they can count on Todd Grill. I think it's been enough time. I I, I hope it's been enough time, but God damn it. It's been a, it's been quite some time since he's looked 
I, I want to say what they need him to be in a in the in a Super Bowl. You know. Yeah, I mean, we we said for about you know like about a year and a half there, he was truly one of the best players in the league. Yeah, I mean, going into like at the start of the season, if you were like, all oh, the Rams are in the Super Bowl, and you know you could bet on Todd Gurley to win like MVP of the Super Bowl, and if you gave me, I don't know anything like three to one or better i would probably seriously consider it and now i wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole no matter what it is to be honest with you yeah it's it's always tough going against the quarterback um because the quarterback just usually wins it i mean malcolm butler can make probably the play of the last 20 years and still doesn't win super bowl um i mean you say anyone can win it but when was the last time I mean, when he was on his best, Todd Gurley, every down back, you just expect, like, he easily could have put up, like, 200 all-purpose yards, and you're winning MVP with that. I don't, unless the other quarter, unless the quarterback throws for, like, five touchdowns, you're winning MVP. Yeah, which, you know, that that's, that's going to be interesting. Can Jared Goff throw five touchdowns? Um, no, right? Um, uh, no, no is... Correct answer. Yes. Um, I do not see this going like last year's Super Bowl with that high flying of offense, that much scoring, that much passing touchdowns. I really just do not see that at all happening here. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense because both these teams, either of them, obviously. Patriots, the whole thing all year has been like, oh, no weapons or whatever. And like, even the Rams, it's like, even when they had like Cooper Cup, he still wasn't like super explosive as far as like, oh, let's just bomb the ball like 50 yards down the field in one play. I mean, you got. You no, got, he, he was Jerry Goff's Julian Edelman, you know? Exactly. But I'm saying like, that's even like, I don't want to say that was his job, but like, that's when the offense was at, the be- at its best. Mm-hmm. It still wasn't doing that. No. I don't care about cooks or anything like that's just not in in their DNA, especially with Jared Goff. So, yeah, I'm with you on low. Yeah, game. Because what what I, what I think's happened to the Rams, right? Is is right. If you watch any Rams tape, especially from the first half of the year, but even most of the regular season, you go, all right. What makes them so special? They're the best play action team. And they run it the most, right? I mean, especially early in the year. I I don't actually know what the end of the season numbers are, but they were like. They were literally averaging over 10 yards per attempt out of play action. That's ridiculous. The first like eight or so games of the season. So you go, all right, how do you stop play action? Well, two things, right? You, you, you can either sort of dare them to pass or dare them to run and just let them do either. And I think what teams have started doing is say, Go ahead, run the ball. Especially when, when Todd Gurley's not healthy. I mean, go ahead, run the ball. We're we're not, you know, we're we're not gonna bite on all these fakes. We're gonna we're gonna say either run it or may have Jared Goff make a play into a, a defense that isn't biting on the run, biting on the run in play action. And and you know, even though they've been winning football games, their offense is not the same that we've seen. Um, that that is for certain. Their offense just seems honestly been getting worse and worse since about midseason. Yeah, this isn't the Rams team that would just like spank people just from 
sheer firepower. But in the same regard that obviously the offense is beginning worse, I feel like their defense has just progressively got better and better. Because it started the season off, I, I it's an understatement. I can't fully express how disappointed their defense was at the beginning of the year. And now they're competent to slightly above average, it feels like, with the, with the potential to play elite in any given game. Well, yeah, they, they seem to have fixed the secondary because uh, that used to kind of be the thing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and health health played a part with that. Um, Their secondary and Indama Kasu, like actually showing up and not just having Aaron Donald be like the entire defensive line helps. Yeah. Even um, what's his fit? I can't remember his name. The guy they traded with the Jaguars for. He's he's kind of showing like, oh, this was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, their their line their line is pretty interesting. I mean, honestly, I uh, my prediction is all the all the pregame shows are going to be you know like, oh my my keys to the game, my uh, key automotive uh, cold hard facts. You know, like all those bullshit. They're all going to be the same thing. They're all going to be. Can the Rams put pressure on Brady? That's a no, that's such a no shit thing. I mean, that's all they're gonna be, and it's like, see, I feel like we've gone so far that now everybody's going, yeah, it's so stupid to say you got to put pressure on Brady, you got to put pressure on every quarterback, and it's like, yeah, but whether you're not pressure Trubisky, he still might throw the ball to the other team. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if you don't pressure Brady, it is literally suicide, and that is the difference between Brady. And that's between the great ones and the good ones, right? The good ones, sometimes you can get away with not, not pressuring them, not making them uncomfortable in the pocket. The great ones, if you give them a clean pocket, I mean, you, you might as well just concede right there. Yeah, it's GG. And the thing with pressure on Brady is it's not just like, oh, you got to just off the line, you got to like, you know, hit him right away. It's like, no, like half the pressures on Brady are just like, they're like, 50-50, like, coverage sacks, almost, it feels like, just because, hey, they, their whole game, for God knows how long, is just predicated on short little passes, especially, you know, when you don't have a Josh Gordon or way back one or Randy Moss, whatever. It's just these short little passes. They're just going to dink and dunk and kill you by death by a thousand cuts. So if you can just cover the guy and make him, like, second guess a little bit off the line or something like that, like, that's when you get the pressure because... It doesn't matter how good your defensive line is. If he just has a free reign to just be like five yards, five yards, five yards, you're you're dead. There's no point in playing the game at that point. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, I just, you know, it, it's easy to go back to it, but right, how how did the Giants beat the Pats the first time? They got pressure on him, but and put most importantly, you don't you don't blitz him to get the pressure because Brady's just going to read the blitz, right? Um. You got to get it with numbers, with with not many numbers. You got to send a few, still get pressure, and uh, you know clog up the space. Uh, don't don't let Julian Edelman get wide open or Chris Hogan get wide open. Um, and you know, to be fair to the Rams, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, those are two guys that can get pressure without any any you know specialty blitzes that Tom Brady can just read or or needing needing a lot of help. I mean those those two guys create so much havoc on their own, especially in the middle where where that's that's Brady's biggest weakness is his pressure in the middle. Um so that'll be sort of that'll that'll be I mean certainly right as I said everybody and their mom saying that's the that's the key battle to watch. You know, can the Pats offensive line which which is keeping Brady 
probably the most protected he's been all year long. I, actually, sorry, even his whole career. I mean, this is insane what their O-line is doing. Can this O-line stop the Rams guys? I mean, it's the easiest question, but it's the number one important question in my eyes. I don't know if it's the number one important question because I, I feel this ends up usually being a wash unless we get, I don't know, like it, just an insane performance by the Rams defense. Just because Brady is just so good that I, it, he's going to put up points. It's it's just how many can the Rams put up points with him? Because let's be honest, I'm not entirely sure the Rams can get past like 14 points. Yeah. Here's, here's what I'm saying, though. I'll make it definitive, right? The battle's even, whatever, won't have much impact in the game. But if one side clearly wins the battle of Rams pass rush, and mostly Rams D-line versus Pats O-line, if it's not even, if it's not a wash, whatever side wins that battle is going to win this game. I fully I'll, believe I'll, it. I'll give you that, but I have no faith that the Rams defensive line is going to have a chance at that one-sided battle. Do I think they could hold their own? Yes. But I have no faith they could just dominate but I do have a, quite a bit of faith that the Patriots offensive line and therefore Tom Brady could just dominate this game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly, right, it, not even the Pats O-line, but the Pats schemes this playoffs have been all about taking the, the opposite uh, D-line out of the game. I mean, the amount of times they're running the ball, they're throwing little screen passes, little dink and dunks, wheel routes, getting the ball out quick. Which I, I think mean, it's got to be really frustrating to be a, a D lineman against the Pats. Yeah, which I think is important that we we just hammer that point home because it's like everyone loves like Aaron Donald. Everyone like Dominican Sue is getting up there in age, but still like good player when he wants to be. Like we love these players. Like they're good NFL players. They're good football players. Aaron Donald might be the best player in the league, but it's just physically impossible to play against the Patriots when they're just getting rid of the ball so quickly. Unless you have these like shut down secondary guys who are just going to take care of things right away, like there's no opening whatsoever, and linebackers that can chase down, like name name your poison at the backfield for the Patriots. At this point. Yeah, no kidding, and it works together, right? Because it's sort of like pick your poison. Like you want to sell out and like you know get off the line as quick as you can, try to get into the holes, like as quick as you can, that's fine. But as soon as James White goes running the other way, now all of a sudden, you know, who's going to tackle him, right? He's getting to the second and third level a lot easier um, when these D linemen got to be so quick and so focused to even sniff Brady on a pass play. So it's, it's tough. I mean, this is, this is what makes the pass the pats, right? Mm-hmm. They just out-scheme every other team. It, yeah, it's... I mean, look at... Look at the two teams they've beat, right? They've beaten the Chargers, which I would argue are the most talented team in the league. They have so many blue chippers. So they beat the Chargers, and they beat the Chiefs, who also have a lot of blue chippers in offense, and also a really smart guy in Andy Reid. And so they've already beaten those two. It hasn't been an easy run to the Super Bowl. So what are the Rams going to do differently, you know? Yeah, that that's that's tough. And... Obviously, we haven't even t- really touched on just the overall coaching battle between the McVay Belichick, which I feel is kind of like I feel like it's an underplay. Like I thought this narrative would be overplayed. It almost feels underplayed at this point, to be honest with you. Yeah, which I think is a credit to Sean McVay. I don't think we need to be like, oh, look at the new genius against the old genius. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure like most people have, you know, McVay is 
the third or fourth best coach in the league, maybe even second. Some people, I don't know. Um, he's he's up he's up there. So it's almost like it's more like we see this when it's like um, I don't know uh, maybe if Shanahan was coming into town, right? Just to use an example of someone similar to Sean McVay. We don't really know if Shanahan's good or not yet. So that's why we hear it because it's like, oh, look, at, can Shanahan do this? It's like, no, we already know McVay's good. We already know McVay's going to be a great coach for the next decade. I don't have any doubt in my mind, you know? Yeah. But unfortunately, someone McVay's coaching, uh, we're still not 100% sure he's good, and that's Jared Goff. And that, that's, that's my biggest, biggest hesitation with this team because, like, we, we've seen quarterbacks – like get hot in the playoffs. We've seen like decent quarterbacks win if they have great defenses. Jared Goff seems like none of those things. Um, throughout the playoffs, he's been like fine to good. He's definitely not on like one of these streaks where you're just like, oh my god, look look at this guy. He looks like he's unstoppable. Like he's not on this like, like even like a Nick Foles run from last year where it's like he was just he like, he could do no wrong. It seems like Jared, Jared Goff can do some wrong. I don't know. I just, I just can't go to the fact that Jared Goff, just how reliant he seems to be on Sean McVay on the headset. And that's the part I just can't get over. Like, it just seems like, you, you know, other guys, when they play in a great system, it's like, I, I, I don't, I try not to punish them because it's like, you know, they're still going up to the line of scriptures, they're still reading plays, they're still calling plays, they're still instructing the office, they're still the, the leader out there. And with, so much does does Jared Goff just feel like an extension of Sean McVay rather than an actual quarterback out there, and maybe that's unfair on my part, but I, I I just can't get past that, Anthony. I just really can't. I don't honestly. I don't think that's that big of an issue. Uh, it's definitely maybe long term a little something you want to worry about. But as of right now, I I just don't think he's consistent enough to make these like big throws. And he he's definitely shown like plenty of flashes, and even had just full out games where just he looks you know worthy of that number one overall pick. He looks like you know the Rams franchise quarterback, and like they should be more than happy to have him. But other times, man, I'll, I'll tell you, he he looks deer in the headlights, no idea what he's doing, and it's it's a little little iffy. Yeah, that kind of goes along with what I'm saying. Like I believe he's got the talent. But sometimes I wish I could just replace Sean McVay's head on his body. Um, you know, it just, I don't know. I just, I'm not convinced by him, really. Because even, even then, right, he's got a great system, but he doesn't even put up the numbers. Like, the one time he gave Matt Ryan a great system, Matt Ryan was the MVP. And I get it's early for Jared Goff. Love Sean McVay's offense. If you really are good to great, then you got to do more than what you're doing. You know, can't hey, get any easier. It, it is early. There's plenty of reason to be excited. But hey, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the game this Sunday, the Super Bowl. This is the only game that matters right now. To be honest with you. So plus, that's, let's. That's what gives me the biggest like. Uh-oh. Plus, let's be honest with Anthony. The NFL right now is about winning with a with a quarterback on a rookie contract. We say that with the forty-year-old quarterback, and yes, well, right. Even Brady is on a discount. You know, 
it's about winning with these value contracts. And so, yeah, Jared Goff's young. Yeah, he could get better. But the Rams are in the Super Bowl right now. This is their best shot. Jared Goff is not getting paid yet. You know, it, what happens it, when he gets paid and all these guys, they got a clear cap space. I mean. It's only a matter of time before he's the second highest paid quarterback behind Dak Prescott. So, got to use your time now. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think we both made it clear over the past two seasons that we are not Jared Goff guys. No. He's shown flashes where I've been like, oh, maybe I could be a Jared Goff guy, but as of right now. Yeah, I mean, he just seems like a system quarterback. And so it's fine now. This is why this team's in the Super Bowl, because they have so much around him to make him good that he does play good mostly. And, you know, he is capable of throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns on Sunday. He is capable of that with all the infrastructure around it. It's just, can he really duel Tom Brady? When we get to the fourth quarter... And you got to match him score for score, or you got to try to make up some ground, or you got to try to put him to bed before he can even get it to his score to score type of game. What are you doing? And I don't have faith in Jared Goff in that environment, in that scenario. It's, it's, that's why the more and more we talk, and I just keep thinking about this game, I, I don't, I don't, see, I don't see that winning this game. It's tough. I, I only see the Rams winning a close one. One of the coin flips we've seen, you, you know, because the Pats have been great uh, for 20 years now. But, you know, almost all the Super Bowl games are super tight. Um, and so that's, that's how I see the Rams, the Rams getting there is they got more talent than the Pats. So can you make it a close game? Can you make it tight? And can, can the breaks just fall your way? In the fourth quarter, can some ball get stuck in your helmet, you know? Or, can, yep. hey, can you pick off Brady in the end zone? You know, can you Malcolm Butler Brady? I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be one particular thing, but can you can something go your way in the fourth quarter in a close game? That, that's my, how I see the recipe for them. Yeah. That's the recipe. And, and like, like I said, like, you, to get to the Super Bowl, you've got to be a good team. You have to have had some good wins in the season. And the Rams have that. The Rams have like all these players, like we're saying, are question marks. The Jared Goffs, the Todd Gurley's health, just their receivers in general, and, and that defense. Like we've all seen these guys made plays, so it's not like a it's not like it's a zero percent chance that the, these guys all show up and we get this like absolute barn burner of a game. But it's just so unlikely because even if one of the just one of these guys show up, that's that's not enough. Yeah, no. yeah. No, I mean, for, you know, we, we should. I think we're, we're, we both started really down the Rams. But, I mean, two, two legit wins, right? They destroyed the Cowboys, mostly mentally in that game, but, you know, on the field too. And then they beat a Saints team, which we both loved, you know? I, I had the Saints winning the Super Bowl. So, yeah, we'll put beat in quotes. Yeah, we'll put beat in quotes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this Rams team is good. It's just, it's just are they good enough? Are they... You know, this past team seems to be like, I mean, the past teams we've seen in the two first halves of these playoffs, first half against the Chargers, first half against the Chiefs, no team has a chance against them. No. Yeah. You know, it's, so, but the second halves give you hope where, where, you know, teams do have a chance on them. So so the Rams certainly have a chance. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like they don't. I think this game will be close regardless. I think even if the Pats... And maybe the Pats can hold on to what they've been doing the first half and maybe make it more like a, 
you know, a one and a half score game type deal, like a 10 point game, something like that, maybe, but I don't know. I, Sean McVay got to have some voodoo magic in, in that brain of his for this, to be honest. Like, I, tough. Yeah. Maybe it's a big special teams player song that turns, like, I could see that happening. Yeah. It, it could. Which again, if it's special teams, you got to go with the guy that that um in Belichick, where, where his team is just so prepared in special teams. I mean, the Rams are very prepared on special teams too. Uh, the, the Rams may have like the best like hunter kicker combo in the league. But usually, when I hear plays on special teams, I think, can you force a fumble? Can you? Oh, that's usually what you hear. I, I'm more thinking just just playing this field position game. To be honest with you. Yeah. Let's be let's be honest. Like, if they if you had like a dog shit punter and you just give the Brady the ball in like the forty every time, it's just like oh well. At least we got a free trip, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and you know I don't know if it'll be a field position game. Doesn't doesn't um doesn't Greg Zerline kind of not make it a field position game because he can just kick it from anywhere? It, sure, that that's true. That's true. You know. Um, Hey, that's important. Points are points. He's a weapon for sure. He, who he, knows? Maybe Jared Goff looks like poo when they put Johnny Hacker in a quarterback. Yeah. It, it's I mean Johnny Hackers look good on the the trick plays. That's why it's tough to see the Pats the battle special teams team just because the Rams and their little Johnny Hacker stuff is pretty especially, good. But especially after that Edelman near buffoonery. Yeah. Time. But. You know, I just, you know, I just, I just saw an article about Slater today, and it, it, you know, reminds me, right? The Pats, Pats, one of these teams that do things backwards with the end of the roster, right? A lot of teams, the end of the roster, they're looking for guys that they can develop into, to good wide receivers or good running backs. But the Pats, their their last couple spots in the roster spots, you earn by special teams play. The rest of the stuff will come later. Slater's like, the type of guy where it's like, you know, how a quarterback might go to like GM and, and like he'll request like, hey, we got to get. Like say like this offseason, maybe a quarterback is like, hey man, we gotta get Antonio Brown. I need someone to throw to. He's wicked good. Like a punter is gonna go and be like, get me Slater. Do it. Yeah. It's that type of shit. For sure, for sure. It'd be nice because to see a big Slater contribution this game, just because I don't know how much longer he's gonna he's gonna keep going. I think I think this could be the end of uh, not Brady. <laughs> but a Never. couple pats, a couple pats, you know. Um, Could be. But that, McCordy's yeah. talked it, Gronk's talked it, um, Slater one of these days. You, um, you say that like they're not just going to find more people, but yeah, Chung. But I think I think there's there's been the the core of this roster from this this last five years. It's you know the parts have come in and out, but there is a, a sort of core. Right? It's it's Brady, it's Gronk, it's Edelman, it's um, it's McCordy, it's Chung. And it's Hightower. And that's really been, I think I said six names. That's really been the six that have been consistent throughout the past uh, five years. And I, I can see that number starting to dwindle after this year. Um, you know, what if we just see, what if, you, you know, the, uh, the, the Russell Celtics, how one of the reasons why they won so much was just like, you know, every year it was like, let's do it for Heinzen. Let's do it for Kuzi, <laughs> right? Because everyone was retired. Yeah. That might just be the Pats play the next couple of years. 
they just purposely have people retire so they have something to play for. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. I mean, why not at this point? Yeah. I mean, in football, football is the one sport where if you need any, any extra motivation, then you shouldn't be on the field at all. Like, oh. you, are, you already got to be playing balls to the wall or else you're going to injure yourself or, or you know, um, or you're going to risk injury for nothing if you're not playing your hardest, but especially in the Super Bowl uh, in playoff time. But it does add a little something. It does add a little mental edge, a little gear. This team needs that, though. But I don't know. Should should we even say I feel like we're both picking the Patriots here? Yeah, yeah, we're both picking the Patriots. Um, and truly, that half point matters for me. Um, it, I'm definitely taking the Patriots. Whether it's it's two a and a half. it's a big half point. It's um, big, big. But I I think um. Yeah, I, th- I think if it wasn't a half point, and I I'd think more about the Rams. Yeah, uh, if it was three, you still take the Pats. Two and a half, you hit that, you hammer it with a sledgehammer. Like, just yeah. boosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, right, the, the Pats in this Belgic era, the only team that seems to beat them in the Super Bowl is from the NFC least. I mean, every other division they, they beat when they get to the Super Bowl. NFC West, they make cake work of them, you know? So... Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I mean, it could happen for sure. I think it's a pretty close game. I think it's pretty tightly worded. I mean, these teams really are close, despite all our pro Pats talk. I think it's just because we, we, if it's a close game, you got to pick the Pats, right? It, just because the experience, the. It's one of those things where it's like, hey, couldn't you go out on a limb and be like, oh, the. I don't know. The fucking the Rams could win. Is which is what face going to have a great game? Whatever. Is it possible? It is entirely possible. Is it going to happen? Probably not. So you look like a dumbass if you say all oh, the Rams definitely going to smoke the Patriots and then they they don't. Obviously, if you're on like I don't know first take and you got to have these big takes or undisputed or whatever, and you say it, it's like oh look at this. I'm you know. But hey, we're realists here. And we don't want to look like morons. And this is obviously the safe and smart bet. Like safe isn't like boring. Safe is smart. Like it's smart. Yeah, you know it's funny because you bring up first take. I think um I think Max Carmen has finally pushed pushed uh, Stephen A's Pat's takes to like the sanity part. You know, but now like he's got to be the one that's like, yeah, the Pats are good. You know, Brady's not going to fall off a cliff. You know. Uh, you know, for a while, Skip was pushing him the other way, but now, now, you know, Kellerman's pushed him right back to uh, normalcy, insanity. So, good on good on Carol, Kellerman. Good for him, I guess. All right. Any any other thoughts on the game? I'm excited. We should be good. I don't know. It's it's tough to make because because again right we we really are given two great minds, um, time to prepare. Ample amounts of time. It's like what? you know I, I in like poker right you know how you can like double bluff and triple bluff right, 
mm-hmm. and you could twist it around like, oh, what's your hand? Oh, I have, I have, uh, I have a pair of aces. And you're like, oh, well, that guy wouldn't tell me his hand, so he's this. And then, oh, but he's too smart to do that, so it's that. And then blah, 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 blah. You keep, keep reversing it, right? And, and that could easily be this, this game right here. I mean, two coaches just, they could, oh, this is our weakness, so let's prepare for this. But wait, the team knows that we're going to do that because they know we're smart, so then we're going to, you know, I, you know, so it's going to be interesting for sure in that sense. I mean, they have time to prepare, but no one beats Bill Belichick in in-game adjustments, though. No, so no. That's, that's another point we should just make. That's, hey, McVay may be, you know, the best and brightest and youngest Something to be said for this, having experience in these big games and being able to change what needs to be changed when it needs to be changed. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to, too. Um, I'm the type of person where I constantly miss the coin flip and maybe even part of the first drive in football games just every single time. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at it. Just because I think I'm so used to the NBA where they like national television games tend to start, you know, like 10, 15 minutes afterwards. And so I'm going to be watching uh, very closely to see if the Pats win, what happens there, what happens there. Because I believe both times, both uh, games so far, they've, they've gotten the ball first in the first half. Uh, I believe once by choice and once not by the choice. So it'll, it'll be fascinating to see what they do there. Because um, right. obviously we know Belichick's thing is to defer and try to score right before halftime or right afterwards, right? That's, I mean, that's, that's Belichick 101, but... I, too, will be watching very intently at the beginning of the game to watch the National Anthem and to see how long Gladys Knight sings for. Good luck with that. Yeah, I, I'll probably miss it, too, honestly. I'm just so bad at missing the start of the game. I'll be, I'll be like, getting my chips and dip on or something, you know? Not a bad thing to be doing. No. So, is, I guess is, that's it. I mean, that's it for this. But, uh, we're not done with the pod today. No. no we are not. No, it'd be too short. I mean, we gave you guys a long one last week, but we even got news to talk about, so. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, the Anthony Davis sweepstakes have officially begun. And it's a weird sweepstakes because there's a decent chance the sweepstakes will end on February 7th and then start again in the summer. Almost, basically, unless, like, the Lakers win the sweepstakes by the trade deadline. It's almost a guarantee they start back up again in the summer. Yeah, I hear you. Because uh, right, the three the three teams. Let's let's just just get right into it. Right, the three teams in eighties list apparently are the Lakers, Knicks, and Celtics. Right. Celtics tra- can't trade for him before the trade deadline. And if you're the Pelicans and you accept the Knicks offer, don't you really want to see where that pick is before you you make the deal or not? Yeah. I mean, with this new crazy lottery, the, the lottery I hate, by the way, um, where the bottom four teams have all the same chances. I mean, heck, you could have like the second best, second worst record and follow it as six. You know, you're, you're, you're 47% chance if you're the worst record to be picked number five. Um, so I, if I'm the Pels, I don't do a deal with the Knicks before the summer. Plus, let's be honest. Uh, everyone's been saying that the Celtics have the best potential offer they could give. If you're the Pelicans, don't you want like the Lakers to be bidding against the Celtics? Like, don't you want this so you get the best offer from both teams? 
like you don't want this such a one-sided like bidding war like that's that's pointless yeah because the Celts can also win the lottery i mean they can't get number one right um but with the king's pick i believe they, they could fall all the way to two it could it's entirely possible and it's like <laughs> obviously every every team is going to have this thing come out where it's like oh such and such team is interested in acquiring anthony davis yeah no fucking shit sherlock like I just saw today, the Bucks are interested, and the Raptors are now interested. It's like, yeah, I'm interested too for my college. We're Division Three. I don't care. Is there some way we can get them? Can coach? I don't care. So it's like, ah. I mean, if you're a GM and you don't call, aren't you just not doing your job? Yeah, I mean, even even teams that have no chance at training for, like the Wizards, should be calling and be like, is there any possible way you could get him? Yeah, I mean, they, apparently they want to st- still compete, so you might as well offer, offer you know, like an auto porter Bradley Beal for like a couple guys in their team, you know, uh, AD plus Phil or stuff like that. I mean, why not? If if you got Dell Demp's number, you might as well call him. Mm. AD's that good. Um, it's just yeah, I, I don't I don't see a deal before the deadline. It it, it basically involves LeBron going to Magic saying I want AD now, and Magic putting it all on the table. And all is literally everything not named LeBron James. Yeah. Um, they can pretty easily, you know, make the salary work. I think I think the interesting thing is that the deal gets a lot easier if KCP is willing to be filler. But based on his deal, uh, he'd have to agree to it. Now, luckily, they have the same agent. So the agent's got any say, which is, he certainly will. It's Rich Paul. Uh, that'll be fine. Um, oh, I thought you meant his agent was LeBron. I bet. No, I mean, boy, it, you know, the longer this stuff goes and all the rich Paul stuff, it really, it really is getting sketchier and sketchier. Yeah, it's a little weird. How LeBron can just kind of own, but not own an agency. Own, be best friends with, kind of, sort of, controlled strength. It's weird. I mean, you know, especially with you look what happened with with KCP, where the Lakers are just basically giving KCP money because his agent is Rich Paul. And and now Rich Paul's Anthony Davis's and it's just it's just you know it didn't matter when LeBron was on like these two year deals in Cleveland right because they were capped out LeBron wasn't going anywhere for a little bit um, but now I don't know if I'm the NBA I start I start you know I think the new CBA will come up at some point you you got to do something about that at least prevent it from happening in the future. Yeah. It's a tough look. Uh, but I don't. This. But uh, what's his face? Was it Rich? Anthony Davis gets fined fifty thousand dollars today for publicly asking for a trade request. Yep. That's like the most worth it fifty thousand dollars I think ever in the history yeah, no of the kidding. league. It's like, hey, I want out. I'm gonna just say it to stop like rumors that people could deny or whatever. And all I had to do was pay fifty thousand dollars, and my name is in on the front page of ESPN and every other major like sports publication, and for like the next two weeks or like week and a half at least. Yeah. Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think I, I as I said, I don't think it'll happen until the summer because as you mentioned, you got to hear what the Celtics offer is. And if you can get Tatum and Jalen and. You know, God knows what else. 
then you that's probably the best offer if you're the Pelicans. Even if you can't get say you can only get one of those guys, obviously you want Tatum. And then this Celtics just throw in like every pick in their war chest. Kings, Grizz, yeah. It's they still, still got clips. It's still arguably better than the fucking whatever the Lakers can offer. Because it's like, how many of these young Lakers guys do you like actually want? No. Depends. It depends how you feel about Ingram, right? I mean, some people just still think Ingram has the highest potential in the world. Um, it, I, that, it does depend on that, but it's at the same time, even some people are still kind of high on like Lonzo and everything. But it's like, I don't know. I'd I'd much rather take. Hey, give me one of those Celtics guys, who I know. You pretty much know what they are, and you know they're they can contribute on a on a good NBA team, as evidence as last year. And give me give me those picks. Let's see what I can do with those picks. You can keep them. You can trade them. Like that's just flexibility instead of like, oh, this centerpiece is basically only this Ingram guy who may or may not suck ass two years. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because they want to contend, so that's. That's why I think they'd like the Lakers offer it just a little bit more because I think they want young players, not picks. Um, it's what they want, but is it smart? Is it what? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, if I'm a Celtics fan, I, I emotionally don't want to give up Tatum. I mean, I am a Celtics fan, right? So I don't need to put the F there, but I don't want to give up Tatum. Uh, I don't that, care. I, I know AD's. Really something you don't want to. I know AD is honestly like the best young player in the league right now. I mean, AD's, AD's, I think he's what, 25? He's not a day over 25. Yeah, he's, he'll be turning 26 in March. Um, you know, that's a guy I want on my team. But emotionally, I don't want to give up Tatum. Tatum's like my son. Tatum, Tatum is like, I don't know Tatum. I just love Tatum too much. Um, I I feel that it's it's the thing where, hey, if we trade Tatum, I'll be sad, and then Anthony Davis will drop fifty for the Celtics. So I'm like, worth it. Yeah, but I don't know. To me, to me, and this this maybe, you know, it goes to like the Grizzlies giving our grit and grind. But I enjoy this team. Sports isn't about winning the chip every year. Sometimes it's enjoying the guys you want to watch in your team, rooting for the guys that you developed and. All that stuff, and I mean, if we can do it without Tatum, that that definitely would be preferred. If I'd have a hard time giving up both Tatum and Smart, um, that would be rough. That would be rough. And that that's honestly uh, not to make this a Celtics podcast, but I that's that's my biggest fear is that if we do make an AD trade, Smart is just a throw-in, and Smart is not a throw-in. Not anymore. Smart is so important to the culture of this team and the work ethic and his leadership. He's 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 worth way more to the Celtics than any other team in the league. Yeah. It's why the Celtics didn't need to match an offer for him. They just gave him his contract because that's that's who he is to, to the team. So um I, I I don't know. Can you can you do a sign and trade three way? I'm pretty sure you can't with Terry Rogier. Which kind of I don't believe so. That sucks. Um, which makes it tough. So then they'd have to accept Terry Rozier and, you know, 
I don't I don't really know um, if that's what they want. So, but you also uh, got to see what happens with uh, with the Kyrie Irving if he wants to sign. This right, because because AD's not staying in Boston without Kyrie, right? Plus it's, plus, it's like, hey, Kyrie Irving doesn't resign. Oh, our like championship time frame just kind of got like reset by like a couple years again. So it's like, oh, we definitely don't want to give up Tatum now. That's pointless. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and then from the Pelicans' perspective, what would you do if you're the Pelicans? What would what would you do right now? You you have complete control of that franchise for the next year and a half. What are you doing? Oh, I'm waiting for the summer. I'm waiting for the summer, and I'm just like, unless someone just comes along and's like, wow. And I don't think any team could really do that. I, I'm waiting. I'm just like, let's let's get this bidding war where all parties can be involved. Yeah, I hear you. No, unless, but what do you, what do you unless, do like Milwaukee's like, we'll give you Giannis. I'm like, okay. Yeah, obviously you gotta listen to all these offers. Um, but like, what do you, what do you want? What do you want from a package in return if you're New Orleans? Um, I mean, obviously, like young players are probably a premium. Just you no know, players you control for a long time. But uh, honestly, I, I want I want picks. Just give me picks, man. I'm with you. Because that's the most flex flexibility you could possibly have from a trade. Yeah, um, I you know because that's the thing, right? You you could get the Lakers collection of young players, right? You could get their center, you could get Josh Hart, you could get Kyle Kuzma, you could get Brandon Ingram, you could get Lonzo Ball. Fine, you got a you got a five man lineup. You know that oh, five man lineup. We're playing fast and loose with the term young players throwing Kyle Kuzma in there. I mean, what is he? Twenty three, twenty four. He's twenty three. He's he's still young in an NBA contract sense, which I think is more important for a franchise like New Orleans. Um. And so you got all those five of those guys. Does that make the playoffs in the West? It, it doesn't East, but I mean, you know, if I'm if I'm the Pels, you you got your, your star ripped away from you what a decade ago now with Chris Paul. Now you're getting your star ripped away with you for Anthony Davis. You got to try to get these two guys at the same time. That that's how these small market teams can have success. So you get two great players, you draft them both at the same time. I mean, how did San Antonio do it? Jeez, man, they had they had David Robinson and they had Tim Duncan. Not that San Antonio was New Orleans, but still, the point stands. Is San Antonio trade for Nathan Davis? Is that possible? Did that happen? That'd be fun. No, it is interesting though. Did you see? Apparently, apparently, and I believe Stephen A. Smith reported this. So, so take it with a grain of salt. But apparently, Pop was telling them, "Don't cave to the Lakers. Don't give them there. Stand strong." I I, I did hear that story. I believe Pop, it originated Pop from Stephen A. Oh, oh. Um, so that that's an issue there in terms of credibility. Um, Stephen A. is no longer a reporter. That's the only reason why I say that. I don't believe he would blatantly lie, but he's not a reporter. So um, it, it'll be fascinating because Anthony Davis will probably be the biggest guy to get traded um, in quite some time. I mean, Harden obviously turned into it, but at the time, you know, Harden wasn't, you know, where Anthony Davis is now. Um, we don't really see these guys move. So it'll be fascinating. I don't know. If, 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 if he gets moved before... Because, okay. you know, here's the other terrifying thing. Say you trade him to a team not named the Lakers. Say, say somehow the Raptors come up with a Packers that's just unbelievable, and you trade him to the Raptors. 
Yeah. It's what could happen in the summer. The Raptors could trade him for like so, something even better and you just look like a dumbass. Yep. Yep. Cuz yeah, the Raptors I believe were the, were the the number 2 team in that list uh, for Vegas for odds. I could be wrong, but I I thought they were the second most likely team. Um so yeah, you you don't want to do a what I would do, right? Cuz I asked you the question, I didn't answer it myself. What I would do if I were the Pelicans. So I'd wait for the summer, see what the next pick is. And I would just Try to get all the draft picks I can from New York and just bet on New York being shit. Just bet on them being the Knicks. Oh, you you want that might be the most valuable pick once once the pick actually comes in. So you you make sure you get unprotected picks as far in the future as you can. Don't even worry about Knicks next year, right? You you probably want this this year's Knicks pick and then skip a couple years and then you want some Knicks pick down the road. But that's that'll never be New Orleans thing because Right, not to get all Bill Simmonsy here, but what's the point of having that that franchise there? You know, like this isn't—I don't think this is a team that can wait like the Celtics did for picks. You know, four years in the future, they don't have the infrastructure and they don't have the patience. I don't think they don't have the market to really do that. Is uh, I'm, I'm with I'm with you in the Bill Simmons thing. Where it's like, hey, guess what? You don't compete in like five years. Guess what? You're going to Seattle. You know. Because truly, that's that's why this we're asking, right? If, if this team had Chris Paul and Anthony Davis at the same time, those guys aren't leaving. No, they're no. Standing together and they're playing together. Like New Orleans is not Memphis. Okay, it's not. It's it's a really fun city. I believe players want to play in New Orleans. You, you should. People should want to play in New Orleans. Like, imagine if they had half as much enthusiasm there about basketball as they did football. Yeah, that that is the problem. But you know, some guys I think like that, where it's not you know they don't need the rabid fan base. They just want the good lifestyle, and they want to make money and they want to play with other good players. You know, I, James Harden comes to mind. I think that's that's the things that matter to him. It may matter to the players. Guess who it doesn't matter to their agents? Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I think. It's tough for New Orleans. Like I get why they don't want to go on picks, but at the same time, what what is trading for all this? The Lakers, you know, good young to to not young players. What does that really do for you? It does next to nothing. It, what what does the Raptors offer do for you? What can they possibly package together that does anything? Because even if they say here's Kawhi, Kawhi's just gonna leave your ass. The only team that could. Possibly give you some that's not like a super value pick, and I'd be like, "Ooh!" Is if like for some reason, like Philly was like, "Here's Ben Simmons. He he returns to Louisiana." Yeah, don't really see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I don't see it happening because I think again, right? Lakers and Knicks, I think are the two two guys that could, and then the Celtics in the summer. Um, Lakers. Why are you taking the Lakers offer now? That same offer will be on the table, you know, months from now. If that offer can only get better. Yeah. Um, and next, you're not going to take now either because you want to know what that draft pick is. And plus, you don't want to trade Anthony Davis to the Knicks and then have the Knicks draft pick. Because then that pick is going to be worse. Or, do you, you know, the Knicks will win more games with Anthony Davis, so therefore that, that won't be as good of a, as, as valuable as a draft pick. 
So it's it's gonna have to wait to the summer. And if I were New Orleans again, right? I, New Orleans, maybe they can't do it. Maybe they need Anthony Davis out there for for sales and stuff. But if I'm New Orleans, I sit his ass down on the bench, and I tank. Yeah, there's no reason to play him. It's not too late. What are they? Twenty two and twenty eight, something like that. Yeah, and it, no one's gonna like get mad at you. He publicly demanded a trade, so yeah, stick his ass on the bench. Players Union want to come fight it. Fine, whatever. I don't even know if they can. That's a good question. I don't. I don't know if they can either. You know, right now they're they're twenty two and twenty eight. They're the th- they're the third team out from the West, and I mean, there's some, they're behind a couple of East playoff teams. But if they say Anthony Davis, they can shoot below Detroit, Washington, maybe even Orlando. Easily. Uh, if I'm if I'm the one to muscle listening, like, is there anyone who wants to take Drew Holiday's contract? Anyone at all? Yeah, because yeah, really if, if, if you trade Anthony Davis, you got to trade, which they got to trade Anthony Davis, right? Yeah. The one thing you can't do is let him walk for nothing. <laughs> the one thing you can't do is like, guess what, Anthony? Fuck you! You're playing here next year. Oh. Like that ain't happening. That's that's Chris Wallace level shit right there. Yeah, that's Anthony Davis. As much as we. Yeah, fine for a public trade request. Whatever. It's like, it's at least nice that he was like, "Yeah, I'm leaving." So, good luck, guys. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing, that's the thing with like Rich Kleiman being his agent. He can't even really do that behind closed doors to try to save New Orleans. You know, give him a little bit more leverage. Um, sorry, did I say Rich Kleiman? I meant Rich Paul. Rich Kleiman is a Katie's agent. Um, what are Rich? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, I don't know. It's tough for New Orleans, but, you know, this is what happens when you treat your franchise like this for years. When you, you again, right, Anthony Davis will always be the example of what I say with these young teams. Don't draft a future superstar, all of a sudden panic, and try to make the playoffs in year two for him. You, you got time with him. Build your roster. Fill out around him. Clear cap space to sign, guys. Don't fill up your, your, your cap space with Solomon Hill and Etuan Moore. Yeah, like, be smart. They made the second down. round last year with like a nowhere near like competent NBA roster around him. It's like imagine if he actually had good players. Right. What if all those years where they were bad, they were they were stashing draft pick Celtic style. What if they were doing the thing when they were bad, they were eating contracts to get assets. What if they're doing all that and had your treasure chest? You could have gotten Kawhi over the summer, and now you got Kawhi and AD. Right. What if you what if you clear all this cap space so this summer you got room for all these free agents. You know, New Orleans at the same time, you can be frustrated. All of your superstars want to leave, but you're doing this to yourself. You could be a smarter team. Yeah, no. I, anyone who's like, oh, fuck you, uh, Anthony Davis. Why are you leaving New Orleans? They have nothing but great. To, shut up. He, he should leave. Like, I think everyone wants to see him like on like an actual good team. Yeah, you know. Which, by the way, you know. Which isn't the Knicks, so please don't go to the Knicks. How much blame does he deserve, though, for 22 and 28? I mean, should, it, should a player of Anthony Davis's caliber really be 22 and 28 ever? Probably not. I mean, it's the West, and the West is good, but you're behind the... the, the sorry, not the Grizzlies. The Timberwolves. Freaking Timberwolves. They had a dude hating his franchise for, for a month into the season, you know? Yeah, the... the... This season, definitely tough look. Every other yeah, year, not as tough of a look. You're behind Dallas. 
Dallas is being led by Luka Doncic. Is your is Luka Doncic's oh, team around oh, him? Oh, 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 we have a we have a brand to uphold here on the Twelve Tech Podcast, right? So, is Luka Doncic's teammates better than Anthony Davis's teammates? Actually, I I say no. Actually, I want to say yeah. You think so? All right. He did. Luka Doncic does not have a teammate as good as Drew Holiday though. And Luka oh, has no. a better coach. I was gonna say Luka's coach is like infantilely better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Still though, and, and again, I can't really hit on Anthony Davis for for losing over the course of his career, because last year was very impressive. Um, you know, early in the year he's losing, but again, if you're a young player, I don't care if you're losing. That's that's normal. You know, nineteen year old, twenty year old Anthony Davis isn't supposed to take his team to the playoffs. Uh, twenty-five-year-old Anthony Davis is. So that's the issue I have there with being twenty-two and twenty-eight. I get that, but I, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to hold it against him that much. No, I certainly don't want to hold it against him. But like, we know how good Anthony Davis is. Like, th- there's no question in my mind. There's that upper tier, and it, you either cut it off before or after Westbrook of great players. <laughs> And you know, Paul George this year makes that a little bit difficult because he's playing in that tier, even though I wouldn't put him in that tier. Um, but you know, you got the tier of Giannis's and and you know, we know we know the guys, LeBron, Steph Curry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Anthony Davis is clearly in that tier. Yes. So I'm not questioning him at all, but I don't know. I just feel like I'd value this trade request more if you're like carrying this team to like the eight seed or something. You're like, you know, I can't win with these cats. I need help. He's he's right in that tier. Right in between Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. Yeah. I'll let you decide where those which is higher. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Um, so, yeah, that, that does it for me. <laughs> I'm all set, too. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you, hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. Go Rams. Go Pats. Said no one ever. <laughs>